is Pastor, we're glad you're with us today. You know, one of the great things in life is finishing. Finishing a class, finishing a course, it's just getting to the end of a project. Jesus said something profound. He said, it is finished. When he's hanging on the cross, he said, I've done it all, it's all over, nothing else to do, it's finished. How do you finish? Why is it that some people never finish? And why do some people finish better than others? Oh boy, we got a great study for you today. Today we start a study you don't want to miss. So sit back right here on demand and enjoy the study that will change your life if you allow it to, and you'll learn how to finish. Enjoy, I'll come back at the end and pray for you. Stay right there. I want to celebrate with you today uh, something that I think is incredibly helpful. We're going to talk about one word today, and we're going to answer one big question. And the question is, how do you finish? How do you finish? How do you get to the finish line? The text we're going to use is in John chapter 19, verse 28, where Jesus made this incredible statement on the cross. I want to read it to you, and then I want to show you how to be a finisher, how to get to the place in your life where you don't just talk about things, but you actually finish. John chapter 19, look at verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, notice that, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled a sponge with some sour wine, put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said these words, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit and he died. I want you to think about this. This is a moment where the Lord after all of these years, three, three, 33 and a half years, they're about, and he has done what he was sent to do, finished. He's made the path of salvation for us, given us a way to God, giving us the right to be forgiven, given, giving us the right to be justified by faith, Romans 5 and 1. All that was done by Christ when he said, it's finished, I'm done. Now, I want you to see this map I'm put up on. And this map is what they call the five-day Passion Week map. And what it has on it is it shows you from Sunday all the way to Friday when he died. It shows you this incredible process. And so each day something happens in this week, this Passion Week, this week of, of being um, whipped and this week of being mocked and hung on the cross and lied on and betrayed by Judas. There's a lot that happens in this five-day week. And so when you get there to Friday and Jesus is on the cross and he's going through this incredible moment and he says, it is finished. And there's nothing like finishing. The Bible talks about, you know, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. But boy, when, the, when you finish, it's like a tree of life, he says. When you get what you came to do, when you're done, when you receive what you wanted, when it finally happens, and in that moment, when he bows his head, it's over, it's finished, I'm done. I've given you the pathway now to know God on your own. I've given you the pathway to be forgiven. This is a model of a finisher, and what I wanna do is I wanna talk about that for a minute. The goal is to give you the answers. Now, our focus today is the word consistency, because that's going to answer the question we're going to ask, which is, how in the world do you get to the finish line? Well, number one, you got to be consistent. If you're not a consistent person, you probably will not get far in life. 
you'll always stop and start, stop and start. Don't feel guilty. I'm just simply saying we can improve on that. But a lot of us have been there. I've been there. And I can name areas in my life, and I will down the road as you listen to me teach. I'll talk about financial areas, emotional areas, relationship areas, uh, leadership areas, where I wasn't fully consistent and I had to learn. I'm still learning all the time. But I want to show you what I call four questions we need to explore about finishing that will kind of get us on the road here a little bit. So here we go, four questions. Number one, why do some people always finish? They just always finish. They never, they never, they're always the guys that, you know, they're, they're first. They, they're just amazing. Why do they finish all the time? Well, they're consistently managing their time. You'll find out. Here's why they finish. They consistently manage their time. They build stamina and walk in faith. I call it the C-T-S-F. People who finish, number one, are consistent. That's C. People who finish are people who watch their time. That's T. People who finish have stamina, stamina. They're, they're, they're tough people. They, 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 they work out and strengthen themselves so they can survive the pressure. And then people who finish have faith. They believe they can finish. CTSF. Is that you? I believe that that is a powerful series of, 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 of four terms there that we'll explore quite a bit in our studies. As a matter of fact, that will be part of each sermon. We'll talk about each one of those, consistency today, time, stamina, and faith in this series, and how each of those pieces help you be a finisher. Second question I want to ask you in this series is why some people never finish. And the answer to this is really simple. You probably guessed it. They're not consistent. It's just, it's not, it's not, they're not consistent. I've had some, uh, <laughs> quite a bit of academic training, quite a bit of school in my life. And whether you're going from the elementary age or the doctoral level of study, the one thing that is con that's true is the only way you will ever finish your work is you're consistent in your study habits and your routines. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's, it's the key to getting there. And at every level of study that I've had, at every level of hard work and all that stuff, whether it be master's degree, doctor's degree, it doesn't matter, all the work, all the work that I've done, that work required one thing of me. Today, do what you need to do. Not, don't worry about months down the road. Just today, do what you need to do. So consistently getting up and saying, okay, this is my, this is my assignment, and I've got three hours of reading, so I'm going to do 30, 30, 30, 30 until I get it done over the next three days. I'm going to work at this in pieces. Success comes in pieces. I live by that. So why some people never finish? They're not consistent. They refuse to try to be consistent. That's why their house is never clean. That's why their relationships don't work, because they are not consistent. You got to be consistent. Are you trying to say that my relationship didn't work because I'm not consistent? Something happened. Something happened between you two. Somebody went left or right. You fell in love and you're out of love. Why do you keep falling in and out of love? Something's wrong somewhere on somebody's side. Maybe it's them. It's always them, right? I know. Number three, why did Jesus always finish? One of the answer is consistent. That's why Jesus finished. Fourth question, why do some people finish without burning out? See, some people finish, but when they finish, they're dead. 
<laughs> like getting to the finish line and they're like dead. If you ever run, I used to run a lot, you know, and um, now I walk fast. But I, I remember, and I still can run just for the record, okay, but I choose to walk because uh, the pounding is just not necessary anymore. But I can, I'm pretty, I still can pretty step pretty good. But I've learned something that's interesting when you're running. And if you've been a runner, you know, you get past that wind where your chest starts hurting and burning and you just keep moving and you get past the burn. And it's really, it's really an amazing feeling. They call it the runner's high. It really is true. But there's, there's something about a person who finishes, who, who, who gets to the end without being burnt out and is they, they do the things that runners do. They pace themselves. So it's not just finishing. It's finishing without burning out. And that's all about pacing yourself and making sure you don't go overdo it. I think we are guilty of overdoing it in church, overdoing it in volunteering, overdoing it in everything. It's, 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 there has to be more balance in order for you to last. So finishing, I want to say this, and I'll put this on the screen because I think this is such a cool statement. You need to take this and like put this someplace and keep it in your heart. Finishing is a skill that some people will never develop because they're not willing to consistently invest in their goals and ambitions. So I say that finishing is something you can do, but it's something you develop. It's a habit. It's a lifestyle. It's a skill. You learn how to finish everything, and you do that by investing in your ambitions and your goals. These are the things I want for me. When I look at my life, I see a picture. Ricky wants to be this kind of guy. Ricky wants to look this way. Ricky wants to have these thoughts. Ricky wants to have this much money. Ricky wants to, Ricky wants to. Ricky wants his church, his, his staff. He has a vision. And he invests consistently in those goals. Finishing is about consistently investing in the things and making sure that you develop those things and you focus on those things and you say, this is my ambition. Finishing is a skill that some people will never develop because they're not willing to consistently invest in their goals and ambitions. Is that you? Think about that. Now, having said all those things, I want to go back to the four things I promise you we're going to talk about in the series. Now, when you can think about these, I'm going to give you now an example of these things. So I'm going to read them one more time. Make sure you heard me because these are the four things we're going to cover in the entire series. Number one, we're going to talk about four elements necessary to finish. So we call them four elements. Number one, consistency. You, you must routinely invest to finish strong. If you don't routinely invest, you'll never finish strong. Number two, you must manage time well. So consistency is necessary to finish well, and time must be respected if you want to finish well. If you don't respect time, it's, it's over. There's just no way around that. If, you don't, if you're not the kind of person who focuses on time in a respectful way. Now, I don't believe in living like every second in some box. You know, some people live like that. I do this at 2, 220. Then I do this at 221. Then I do this at 222. I'm not like that. I really believe in having do-nothing days. I believe in having spontaneous days. I believe in living in such a way that I get ahead of my work so that I can think without pressure. There's nothing like having a prayer meeting without a time limit or having a time you want to sit down and watch movies until you're tired of watching movies. There's nothing like being able to sit down and read until you just finish, like you want to read until you stop reading. Just want you, I want to sleep until I wake up. I don't believe in living in this tight time bubble that leaves you burnt out and worn out. But you have to devise a strategy to manage your time, and that means look at your calendar, and that means get honest. And this is why I think churches are, are really sometimes shocked. By the way, as a side note, 
Do you know one of the things I think that's interesting? During the pandemic, when people have more time, I think they were nervous because they didn't know how to manage it. They lived in such time, tight boxes of time that you know, they woke up and go, you mean I, I got free time? You mean, I, what, what do I do with this? I, oh boy, I can, I can actually go someplace I want to. I, I believe you need to have the skill of managing time. And I, there's a series I'm gonna do later on in the year when I call Spaces. And in this series, I'm gonna talk about the seasons of your life when you have no space, like when you have children and they're all running around and you have no time and you're getting up in the morning at six o'clock and you're trying to get them to the bus stop and you got clothes to wash and things to put together and lunches to put together and clothes. Oh my God, and then I gotta get to work on time. Oh, I got a report to turn in. That's called no spaces, right? You know about that season of life. I've lived through it, you've lived through it. Some of you still there, right? Then there's a season when you have a lot of space. You have more time than you ever had. You have more time off and you don't know what to do on either side of that. You're confused when you have no space and you're confused when you have space. And learning how to manage your time is crucial to your survival and your development as a person. And I think a lot of us are afraid of time. Third thing we're talking about in this series is stamina. You need prolonged mental and physical effort. You need, you need to have long, long, uh, prolonged mental and, and physical effort. You need, you need to have that pressure mentally and, and physically, and you need to have the ability to press in when it's one of those, I need, I need, I gotta press here because this is difficult. And then there are times it should be. So you need prolonged mental and physical effort. You need to have moments when you've got to really dig in. And I don't think you need to stay there all the time, but that's what builds muscles in your heart, mind, and soul, in your character. There's something about the pressure and so you need the ability, and stamina comes from that. They'll tell you when you work out, you know, it's about the lifting of the weights. It's over and over and over and working on the gut and trying to get it right. And it's that process that makes you stronger. And fourthly, faith. You, need, you must believe in God, yourself, and other people to finish. If you want to be a finisher, you're never going to finish by yourself. You're not going to do great things alone. You have to believe in God, but you got to believe in yourself. A lot of people go to church and they hear about believing in God. That's great. Believe in God. But listen, if you don't believe in you, if you don't believe you can do it, then I don't see how you're ever going to do it. And you've got to believe in other people. You got to let other people shine. If you have a staff, you got to let them shine. You got to let them do their job. Something powerful about that. Now, I believe that there are moments in life when you need a living example. So I want to show you an example. And I want to show you in Matthew chapter 25, verse 24, a, 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 an example of all of this in action because there's nothing like seeing it. Most of the things that we do really well, we saw somebody do it. And I, one of my favorite stories that I use wherever I can is in Matthew 25. It's the story of the talents, starting at verse 24. Listen to what it said. Now, this is a story that shows consistency. It shows that in order to be a person who finishes, as remember I said, the first thing you need is consistency. And, and I want to show you that consistency creates the soil. This is so important. That opportunity and blessings grow in. Now, if you don't have consistency, you don't have the soil that opportunities can grow in. If, if, you, if it's, it's just, a, it's not going to happen because there's nothing there to work with. So there are two consistent guys that we're going to look at 
who eagerly finish what they're assigned to do. And then there's one guy who is inconsistent. So when you look at these two people, these two sets, these two groups, just think about which one you fit in. If I'm really honest, and I, I'm going to be the guy who is not consistent, I've been him too many times in my life. I did not use what I was given. The two guys who are consistent are models for me. They're heroes. I want to read these stories. I want you to pay close attention, and I'm going to show you just two examples, and then we're going to be done for the day. Watch this. Look at verse 14. This is Matthew 25, verse 14. Again, it will be like, he says, talking about the kingdom, a man going to a journey, on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Notice he entrusts his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on a journey. I want you to think about this. This guy has bags of money and he walks up and says, hey, I've got eight bags of money here. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give, he gave five bags of gold to one guy, two, guy, two bags of gold to another guy, and one bag of gold to one guy. That's what he does. Now, please think, this is his money. He gets to choose how he gives it out. This, this is no time to, you know, be picky. This is an opportunity. One guy gets five bags. Make it you. Make it your money for a minute. Think about it this way. So he gave, you give five to one guy, two to one guy, and then one to one guy. The men, Bible said in verse 16, the two guys eagerly invest what they were given. They eagerly invest. They, <laughs> the Bible says this about them. Verse 16. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once, at once, not next, at once, and put his money to work and gained another five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold went right away and he gained two more. These guys go right to work. They're not slouches. They're not laying back. They go right to work. They're not, they're not put, I mean, I love this. I mean, like, hey, let's get it done. What an opportunity. Now, I want you to look at this. Look at how they approach work. Wouldn't you like to hire these guys to work for you? So now something must have happened where the guy who gave the money had some idea about each individual. And what he does is he gives it to them based upon what he felt was their ability. The five guy, the five bad guy felt this guy can handle the most. This guy can't handle as much as that guy who has five, so I'm going to give him two. And this guy, I'm going to give him one. And I know he can handle the one. And so he's confident because that's what he gave them. So when you look at the opportunities around you, God gave you those opportunities. The job you're on, the family you have, the house you live in, all the stuff you have. This is an opportunity God gave you. When I came to this church, there were 45 people. There was 20 families. God said, okay, Temple, I'm not going to give you 1,000. I'm not going to give you 500. I'm going to give you 45. I'm going to give you 27 families. I think 27 families. They're about, yeah. 45 people, close to 70 at times. On a booming Sunday, they had 70. But when I came, it went down. Can you believe that? It went that way. But he said, I believe in you, Temple. <laughs> you, you, you can do this. This is an opportunity. Well, these guys get to work. Two of them double what they have. One guy, this is amazing. Oh, boy. Now, I'm going to read 
God's response to the two guys. Then I'm going to show you what the one guy did. Look at verse 20, chapter 25 of Matthew, verse 23. It says, his master replied to these two guys, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. Key statement. He says, I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Come and share your master's happiness. Come and share my happiness. Come on in, guys. He says, you did an amazing job. He celebrates. I love the fact that that's, this illustration highlights God's attitude towards good work. Then he goes on. Notice with me, he's celebrating the quality of the work. Well done, good and faithful servant. Quality is important to God. Then it says the consistency of their work. He calls them faithful servants. Two things are celebrated. He celebrates their quality and he celebrates the consistency. It's not just doing a bunch. We get in this bunch thing. You know, you got to do a whole lot. You got to have a whole lot. A lot of church. You got to have a whole bunch of church. You got to have more church than we can. This church everywhere. Church in the morning, church in the evening. But the quality has gone down. What, what good is having a, lo- a lot of anything if the quality has gone down? The pastor's tired. Members are tired. The choir's barely singing loud. Everybody wore out. And it's because somehow what we've done is we've gotten into some bad wear and tear habits. The consistency has gone down. He celebrates consistency. They were faithful. And he celebrates the fact that it was well done, he says. Well done. This was good work, good quality work. (laughs) But look at this next next one guy. This one guy, it bothers me because he just reminds me of me sometimes. I mean, I've been like this guy. I don't want to admit it, but it's true. Look what he says. This is important. Verse 18 of Matthew 25. He said, but the man who had received one bag went out, went off, dug in a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Well, that's just amazing. He did nothing with it. Nothing with it. There's no sign of growth. There's no sign of it. There's nothing. It can't, he put it in a place it couldn't grow, in the ground. And he knew it would never grow. You can't grow it in the ground, dude. You got to go and invest it. You got to start a business. You got to do something with it. He does absolutely nothing. Nothing. Is that you? There were seasons I was praying for things that I wasn't doing anything. Always say, take your seed, take your seed, for the rain is falling. So get watered, but you can't, there's nothing to work with. God can't bless this. He can't, he can't bless us. So, so here you go. Watch this now. God's response to this guy is amazing. And, and this is his response to inconsistency. People who never finish. People that were given assignments that never follow through. Here's what he says. Verse 24. Now this is tough, okay? He rebukes them. And he calls them two things, wicked and lazy. It's wicked and lazy not to try. Listen to what he says. Verse 24, then the man who had received one bag of gold came, Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid. I went out and hid your gold in the ground. So here's what belongs to you. I knew you were hard. I knew you were unfair. I knew you want people to go work and sow and give you the profit. And so I decided that since you're so hard and so difficult, I would just here give you back what you gave me. Wow. Wow. Verse 26. The Lord responded, his master responded, replied, you you wicked, lazy servant. 
Now, I want to tell you, that just goes through me because my mother used to have this thing. She said, don't be a trifling man. Ooh, I used to hate that. Ooh, it used to go through me. Trifling. You know, that's hard to hear. Here's what happens in verse 28. So he gave, he took with the one bag the guy gave, right? The one guy. And the Bible says, so he took, verse 28, the bag of gold from him and gave it to the one who had 10 bags. He, he says, you know, I'm going to give this to the guy who's the most consistent because he can handle the load. The guy who now has 10 bags, I'm going to give him your bag too. Here's the statement. For whoever has will be given more and they will have abundance. This is verse 29 of Matthew 25. Whoever does not have even what he, they have will be taken from them. In other words, if you, if you don't do something with what you have, basically this is worthless. I must not live a worthless life where I'm not striving to use what I have to the best of my ability. And that's not about a call to exhaustion and wearing myself out, being on all these committees and boards and running around and never resting. That's not what that's about. It's about doing something that has quality and consistency. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Here's a question for you. Are you going to finish? If you're going to finish, you're going to have to change the way you do things. If you're not careful, you'll never finish. And hear, my, hear, hear these two words. If you're going to finish well, you need to be consistent and you need to manage your time. How you use your time. That is the one thing you can't get back. You can get money back. You can find new friends. You can build a new house. But you're going to have to learn how to be consistent. I want to pray for you today. We're going to pick up on time next week. And I'll talk about that and how important that is and how in finishing. But let's pray. Father, I thank you for this talk today. I pray that what we've talked about has been helpful and uplifting. And I pray they take this message and they think about it. May we not be those servants who take what you've given us and bury it. May we lift our hearts up and try. It's not easy. I've been this guy. I've been this guy that didn't give my best. But now, Lord God, I've learned. I've taken classes and didn't study like I should have. I've learned over time to invest, though. I've learned the power of using what God has given me, using technology, using, using my, my gifts in ways, investing money, investing my efforts, learning, investing my brain, my mind. Help us, Lord God, investing in my wife, my children, investing in my business, investing in all the things that I do, my friends. I need to take the talents I have and invest in them. And I give you all the praise and the glory for this conversation in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for people today who have never, ever talked, taken a moment to receive the investment that Jesus made for them. For some of them, that Christ came and died, invested, finished what he did so that they can be free. I pray that in this season that they would open their hearts to the finished work of Christ. He died to set them free. And I pray for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I pray you are blessed by our service. You know, we really like On Demand because the Word of God gets to be put into your hand when you want it. And this study on finishing is so helpful because you saw how one guy didn't finish. Two guys did finish. The question is, will you finish? The question is, will you blame somebody else for not finishing or will you try? I understand the challenge of getting done. I understand that. Getting things done can be hard. 
sometimes, but if you keep on doing a little bit and a little bit and a little bit to get there, but don't do like the one guy did and do nothing. Let me pray for you. Father, let this be the moment that we reconsider our choices and look at the decisions we've made. May we learn the power of finishing and we trust you. You died on the cross and finished the work for us. Now it's time for us to finish the things that we have assigned to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, look, it's a joy to be with you. I'll see you next time right here on Demand. We've got more to talk about next time about finishing, so I'll see you next time. Stay right there. Tune in. It's going to be good, people. Don't miss all the series. This series is life-changing. See you next time. Bye-bye.